0: You are listening to Jonah, a sermon series about the biblical account of Jonah. For more information about Elevate Church, please visit us online at www.elevatechurch.ms. Starting a brand new series today on the book of Jonah, on the book of Jonah. And as we start, let me just kind of ask, has your life... Ever been interrupted? Has your life ever been interrupted? Something happened and then, uh, you know, it was just something you weren't expecting. Uh, it happens a lot of times in life, or sometimes in life, it's something tragic that happens, uh, but other times it's just something that you weren't expecting. Something that you weren't expecting. I remember a little over six years ago, I had an interruption in my life. Uh, Amanda and I, we were getting ready to celebrate our anniversary. We were getting ready to celebrate our anniversary, and man, I had everything planned out. I was going to make this anniversary just one to remember. I was going to make this anniversary a day in which she really said, you know what, I'm so glad I'm married to him. And so uh, I took her i took her to the most elegant restaurant here in Vicksburg. I took her to, to El Sombrero, you know? And so uh, we go to El Sombrero, and while we're there, man, I made sure the chips and salt was abundant, you know what I mean. I made sure that we had queso. Men, y'all need to take notes, you know what I mean. So I was making sure everything was just right. And I remember she ordered a number twenty six with a bean burrito, and I ordered the salsa special. I like to say that that's that's fancy. Sounds fancy, salsa. Anyway, so I ordered the salsa special, and so we're there. And after we eat, we were going to head to the coast. Just her and I, we were going to head to the coast. We were going to get a hotel room and enjoy the beach, enjoy each other. Uh, It was going to be awesome. But there was a problem, a serious problem. Amanda uh, had recently been bitten by a spider. She had recently been bitten by a spider. And so Amanda, uh, she says, do you think this spider bite looks bad. And she shows it to me. And now I'm not a doctor. Uh, and so if I'm exaggerating here, it's only slightly, but I mean, that thing looked nasty. You know what I mean? Like it looked like she was going to be the cause of the zombie apocalypse. You know, it just looked nasty. It looked infected. I about threw my salsa special up all over, man. It just really looked, it really looked gross. And so Amanda's like, you really think it looks bad? And I'm like, Amanda, you're about to turn into a zombie. And she's like, I'm fine. It's not real." I said, no, you need to go to a medical facility. Well, it was a Sunday. And so the only place that was open besides the hospital was MEA in Jackson, you know, and it, it, we're so, it's so nice to know that MEA is there for you, right? Their are doctors and the nurses on our side. But so anyway, we go to MEA in Jackson, and so I'm kind of hoping this is going to be a quick visit, you know, that they'll just give her some ointment, some kind of cream that'll help with this uh, spider bite, because I'm kind of ready to get to the beach, you know what I mean? I'm ready to get down there and enjoy myself. And so when we get to MEA, they make her take a few tests. And so it's just her and I after she's taking these tests and we're sitting in the room and all of a sudden the doctor comes into our room and he says, congratulations. And I'm like, that is the weirdest thing you could probably ever say to somebody who just got bit by a spider. You know what I mean? And so I'm like, congratulations. What in the world does that mean? And he says, congratulations, you're pregnant. And so I thought, man, this doctor must have picked up the wrong file. He's, he's obviously gone into the wrong room. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's like, congratulations, you're pregnant. And I'm like, what? And he says, yeah, yeah, we just did the test, and, and you're pregnant. Now, you know, I'm, I'm in shock you know, because I was there for a spider bite. Okay. That's why I was there. I I was there for a spider bite and the doctor's like, no man, you she is pregnant. I was like, look, we just had El Sombrero. Is it possible that like the bean burrito and queso gave like a, a false positive here? You know what I mean? What's going on? And so he's like, no, you are, you are pregnant. But again, I was there for a spider bite and we were on our way to enjoy our anniversary. And then to find out that we're pregnant. Do you think my life was interrupted that day? Absolutely. Absolutely. I didn't even enjoy my vacation. Every time Amanda would try to snuggle with me that night, I was like, just get away from me. Don't touch me. You know what I mean? And so, man, I mean, it just was an an interruption. But now, because of El Sombrero and because of a spider bite, we've got Sadie Kate, and uh, she really is a blessing. But at the time, it wasn't my plan. Now, all of us have experienced interruptions in our life, things that happen that just weren't in our plan, things happen that kind of take us off course from where we want to be. There, really, if you think about it, there's this constant tension that exists in each and every one of our lives. It starts the day that we're born, because our flesh wants to take us one way, and then God wants to take us another. We have our will, we have our desires, we have our dreams, but then on the other hand, there is God, and God has his will, and God has his way, His ways, and God has his hopes for us and so how do we respond when God's plan seems to be moving us in a very different direction than the plan that we want to go well the story of Jonah really addresses this concept see God had a plan for Jonah but you know what Jonah did when God revealed it to him Jonah ran Jonah ran and so what are we going to do when we see what it is that God wants to do through us and in us are we going to run Are we going to whine and complain and moan and groan or will we fully surrender our minds and our will and our heart to God's way? See, if you study the Bible, what you're going to see is that every major character, every major player in the Bible, they were just living their life when all of a sudden God interrupted them. Think about Moses. Moses was on the backside of a mountain just watching some sheep when all of a sudden God interrupted his life and told him, I want you to go to Pharaoh and say, let my people go. Think about Abraham. Abraham was just living his life. He was just living his life when all of a sudden God said, hey, I want you to leave your family, leave your land. I want you to go to a land that I will show you God interrupted his life. If you really think about it, I mean, how surprised I was when I found out that we were pregnant as a result of a spider bite. Abraham, his wife Sarah, she found out she was pregnant at 90. You want to talk about surprise? That lady had to have been surprised. So here is what you've got to realize. You've got to realize that there is going to come a time in your life when God will interrupt it. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8, God says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, again, declares the Lord. His plans aren't usually our plans. His ways aren't usually our ways. And if we're really going to be who it is that God wants us to be, we've got to understand that at some point in our life, God is going to ask something from you. God is going to ask something of you. Your timetable is going to be disrupted. Something that you were not expecting is going to happen. And so, when that happens, how will you respond? How will I respond? See, again, the way that Jonah responded was he ran. He ran. Jonah is the only prophet in God's word who receives clear, clear direction from God and actually runs in the opposite direction. He actually doesn't do what it is that God has asked him to do. And I don't know about you, but I can certainly relate to that. See, I know what it's like to hear a clear word from God and then say, you know what? I think I'm going to go this way instead. I know what it's like to to have the circumstances of my life and situations happen and I can see that God is asking me to cooperate with him on certain things, yet I choose to ignore him. Jonah ran from God and if we were all to be honest this morning, we'd have to admit that at some point in our life, we've done the very same thing. Maybe not in the physical sense like Jonah runs. But I think we all know what it's like to run from God with our attitude. I I think we all know what it's like for God to tell us to do something and us just say, No, I remember one time I was down at the Walmart here in Vicksburg, not too long ago, actually, I was getting uh, some deodorant, I was getting some dog food, and I was getting some honey buns. That's a weird combination of things to get, but that's what I was getting. And so I'd gone to get the deodorant first, and after I got the deodorant, I'm pushing my buggy back to the dog food, and as I'm going... Uh, towards the dog food I passed the toy section and I hear this mom yelling at her kid don't you do it you better stop and so I stopped you know what I mean because I was I was just kind of like driving past a wreck you know you got to hey what's going on you rubberneck you know and so I'm looking at candles pretending like hey I need some of these and so I'm watching what's going down and so I see this mom again she's saying you better not do that you better stop and so apparently The mom had told the boy that she wasn't going to buy him a toy, and he got mad and threw it on the ground. And so he's looking at all the other toys that are on that shelf like he's going to throw them on the ground. You know what I mean? And so the mom is saying, you better not do it. And if it was a a movie, this is where some country western music would have started playing. You know what I'm talking about? Because the mom, she is staring the boy down, and the boy is staring the mom down, and the mom is going, don't you do it. And all of a sudden that boy goes, and he, thro- he just throws all these toys off of that shelf. And that mom took off running, pushing that buggy, chasing after him. And he was running. Say, Pastor, what'd you do? Well, man, he started running towards me. I put my foot out, tripped him. He just went flying. I'm just kidding. I thought about doing that. You know what I'm saying? But again, uh, I mean, really, I think we're, we all are like that sometimes. We all know what it's like for God to tell us, here's what you need to do. Here's what I'm asking you to do. But instead of doing it, we look at him in defiance and say, you know what? I'm just not going to do it. We know what it's like to hear something from him. We feel it in our bones sometimes, but instead of doing it, we run. We run so I want you to see this story in Jonah chapter 1, starting in verse 1. We're going to look at this, uh, obviously, the book of Jonah throughout this series. But in Jonah chapter 1, verse 1, here's what the Bible says. It says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amiti. Now, let me stop for just a second there because there's a lot of information out there that are about the book of Jonah, but really few people spend a whole lot of time talking about this one verse, and right there in that verse, there are some unbelievable things. There's actually two miracles that take place in that verse, and so the first thing that I want you to know about that verse is that God speaks. That's a miracle. God speaks, okay? God speaks. The second thing that I want you to see that's a miracle about that, that verse is the, fact that, is the fact that God allows Jonah to hear him. That's that's a miracle. That really is. It's a a miracle. And that's what I want to talk to you about today is the fact that God speaks. God speaks. In fact, I want to show you three things about God speaking that you and I really need to understand. Three things about God speaking that are so important for each and every one of us. If you're keeping notes, you want to write them down. The first thing about God speaking that I want you to see is that when God speaks, it's a privilege. When God speaks, it is a privilege. Privilege That God would speak and allow mere human beings to hear his voice. Man, that is a miracle and that is a privilege. Psalm 8 verse 4 says this, What is mankind that you are mindful of them, human beings that you care for them? Think about that. Man, who are we? Who in the world are we that the God of this universe who is so holy and who is so mighty, the God who spoke this universe into creation, who are we that he would desire a relationship with us? Who are we that God would want to speak to us? It's a miracle. And see, what I want you to realize is that if you've ever felt God telling you to go somewhere, if you've ever felt God telling you to do something, if God allows you to hear his voice, it's not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence. If God speaks to you, you need to understand that is a privilege. Have you ever been at church and you felt like the pastor was preaching right at you? I know I have. I have. I have. Have you, have you ever had things happen again in your life and you know that God is making them happen because he's telling you that's not what I want you to do. I want you to get on board with what I am telling you. It is a privilege, I'm telling you, when God does that. It's a privilege that God wants you to partner with him, that God wants me to partner with him, that he wants to include us. It is a privilege because God doesn't need us. God does not need us. And so for him to ask us to come alongside of him, man, that's an honor. That is a privilege. God speaks. See, if you study Buddhism, if you study some of the other religions of the world, but Buddhism specifically, there are, there are people who go to specific Buddhist statues to pray. They, there's one in Hong Kong where they actually hike up a mountain and they go to this this. this this statue that's been carved out of the mountain and they go there to pray. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I sure am glad that I don't have to hike up a mountain to talk to my God. Amen. I'm thankful that our God loves us so much that he came down from heaven to speak to us. It is an honor and it is a privilege. See, if you're a Christian, I don't know exactly how it happened for you, but you probably said something along the lines of God, I want your will for my life. God, I surrender to you. God, I want to do what it is that you have called me to do. You might not have said those exact words, but that is basically what you implied. And those words are easy to say. They're easy to say. They're easy until God starts unraveling your life. Those words are easy to say until God asks you to do something uncomfortable. And when that happens, we're usually like, well, hold up, guy. I ain't signing up for all that. Hold up, God! I don't know about I don't know about all that. I, I, I remember, I remember when when Elevate first started. We we tried all sorts of things to get the name of the church out in the community, and one of the things that we tried to do was, uh, well, we did do, is we started a softball team, and uh, a lot of people liked that. It was real fun, uh, but the truth of the matter is we were terrible, okay? Uh, if you were on the team, don't be mad at me. You know it's true. We were terrible, okay? We were undefeating. Like, we didn't defeat a single team that whole year. We were undefeating. We were terrible, but we looked good. We did. I think we had the best logo on the jerseys out there. We, look, that's what I'm talking about. We had bats that looked shiny. You know, We had gloves. Some of our folks even had bat bags. They looked professional. You know what I'm saying? We looked good. The only problem was we were terrible. Really? I remember one game somebody hit a pop-up to two of our players, and they were both going for it. One guy's like, I got it, I got it, I got it. And the other guy's like, I got it, I got it, I got it. And you know what happened? They both scared each other so much that they just stopped and the ball hit the ground. And they're like, I thought you had it. And they're like, no, I thought that you had it. Well, that whole story reminds me like how we are as Christians sometimes. Man, we look good. We got our Bibles. huh? Some of us, we, we, we look good. We, we carry ourselves a certain way. We look good. We look good. We got, our, we got our, our Bibles we put on a front for other people. We go to church. Again, we look good, we'll come to church and we'll hear a word from God. And we act like, oh, I got it. I got it. I got it. But then when we walk out of the doors and we really try to apply what it is that God has just told us to do, we say, I got it. I got it. And then we don't do it. And we think, well, somebody else needs to get that. You should have got that. You should have got that. Seriously, how many times have you ever come to church and said, I, I, sure, hope, I sure hope my wife is listening. I sure hope they're listening. I, I, I sure hope they got that. I, I, sure, I sure hope my kids are listening. I sure hope they got that. I sure, I sure hope that that person over there was listening. I sure hope they got that. Folks, when we come to church, we don't need to be worrying about what other people need to hear. We need to worry about what we need to hear. Amen. God has a message for you as an individual that he wants you to get. He wants you to walk out of these doors and say, I got it. I got it. And he wants you to mean it and apply what you are actually hearing. Because here's the deal. Sometimes when God gives us a word, it can be frustrating. Sometimes when God gives us a word, it can be confusing. confusing. But if God allows you to hear his voice, it's a privilege. It is a privilege. Look at verse 2 of Jonah chapter 1. Here's what the Bible says. God says, get up. You notice that exclamation point. Get up. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because their wickedness has confronted me. Now, this brings me to the second thing that I want you to see this morning. Not only is it a privilege when God speaks, but when God speaks, you need to know it is powerful. It is powerful. Now, in the coming weeks, we're going to talk a lot about the city of Nineveh, uh, but what I want you to understand uh, is that Jonah, actually, he, he does eventually go to Nineveh, and he preaches, and when he preaches, guess what? The entire city, they, they, they repent, and they come to know God. Some theologians, some scholars believe that this is the greatest revival that the world has ever seen, but what I want you to see this morning is that this revival, all these people coming to know God in the city of Nineveh, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen unless Jonah responds to God's word in obedience. All these people's lives being changed for eternity. It doesn't happen unless one person responds to the voice of God in obedience. Think about that. Let that really sink in to your life. One of the greatest revivals in human history was dependent upon one man saying, yes, I wonder, I wonder how many, how many things that would really improve your family life are waiting on you just to say yes to God. I wonder how many things out there that would just make a huge difference as far as eternity is concerned, really are just hinging on you and me being willing to say yes to what God is telling us because God's word is powerful. And when he speaks, when he reveals something to you, it's because he's got something big planned. But how do we respond? How will we respond? See, we tell people all the time, you just need to do what God's telling you to do. You ever said that? You ever told somebody that? Some of y'all don't want to raise your hand. I know, you know, you should do what God tells you to do. We say that to people. But then when it comes to us doing what God tells us to do, what? We're like, oh, I don't know about all that, right? Right? We need to practice what we preach. James chapter 1, verse 22 says, do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. We need to be doers of God the word. See, in Jonah chapter 1, verse 2, God is telling Jonah, I want you to go somewhere. I want you to go to Nineveh. But Jonah doesn't want to go. Why, Pastor? I'm glad you asked. I want to tell you. Well, here's the deal. Nineveh was a part of the Assyrian nation. And the Assyrians, they were a world power back in the day. And I mean, these guys were bad. The Assyrians were known for their their cruelty, known for their torture, what would happen is they would invade nations and they would capture all the women, but they would kill all the men and children. And so, so this was just a crazy place. They, they admitted all sorts of ways to kill and torture people. And so sometimes they would go in and they would bury people up to their necks in sand. They would bury people up to their necks in sand. And then what they would actually do is they would pull out that person's tongue and puncture it and puncture that tongue. And they would shove a piece of leather through their tongue, so that they couldn't get their tongue back in their mouth. And they would leave that person there under the sun while the sun was beating down on them to die. These guys were bad dudes. You ain't want to mess with them. You didn't. And so it was to this place that God is telling Jonah, I want you to go. Hey, I want you to go there. It's no wonder Jonah's like, I don't know about all that, dog. I want, a, I want a million dollars. That ain't happening either. You know what I'm saying? That's, what, that's what's going on. But what this tells me, what this call from God to Jonah's life shows me is that God has a heart for people. No matter how wicked they are, no matter how evil they are, God wants to reach people who are far from him. He does. And the way that God reaches people who are far from him is he uses people who are already his. The way that God reaches people who are far from him is he uses people who are already his. God had told Jonah, I want you to go to this town that seems hopeless. I want you to go to these people who are evil. And Jonah thought, God, there's no hope. For those individuals They're not going to change They're set in their ways There's nothing that can happen That will make a difference in their life And maybe right now You feel something similar to that Maybe you've tried to reach somebody in your life With Jesus And you've given up Because you think they're just never going to change Or maybe you're in a situation right now In your life That just seems hopeless Well what I want you to know Is that God often sends us to hopeless people And he often sends hopeless situations to us So that we can clearly see the hope of God. The best time to see God work in you is when you're a place where only God can handle the situation. That's the best place to see God use you to do something great. See, we want life to be rosy and peachy all the time. I just want everything to be, just to be great. But if life was always rosy and peachy, we would never be in situations where, where God was allowed to do what only he can do. It's true. So when God speaks, it's powerful. Think about Jonah. If it wasn't for the book of Jonah, the only thing that we would know about Jonah is what's written in 2 Kings chapter 14, verse 25. That verse says, The God of Israel had spoken through his servant, the prophet Jonah, son of Amiti, from Gath-hefer, so that, that verse right there, it, it tells us his name, it tells us his religion, it tells us what his job was, it tells us who his father was, it tells us where his hometown was. That's all it says. That one verse basically just gives us some general information about this guy. But the story that changed an entire city, the story, the story that, that made an eternal Difference. The story that we're still talking about today, we only hear because Jonah said. Yes to what God was telling him to do. I'm telling you, the word of God is powerful. When he speaks, it's powerful. And God wants to do more than just include your name and include your occupation and include where you're from in his redemptive story. He wants to use you to make an eternal difference, just like he did with Jonah. God is still speaking. So what is your Nineveh? What is it that God is clearly telling you to go to, to clearly tell you, telling you to do, but you're like, you know what? I'm just not doing it. I'm not doing it. What are you running from? Because listen to me, when God speaks, it's a privilege. When God speaks, it's powerful. And the last thing that I want you to see about when God speaks is that when God speaks, it's a priority. It's a priority. See, I started the message off by talking about interruptions, how we don't like interruptions. We really, we really don't. If you were to look that word interruption up in the dictionary, what you would see is that to interrupt means to break into or break in upon, to obstruct, to thwart. It has a very negative feel. And again, none of us like to be interrupted. Like, I remember how frustrated my mom used to get when I would interrupt her when she was talking, or when I would interrupt her when she was doing something. And now that I have children, I, I like, I really understand. Like seriously, like there are times my kids are like, hey daddy, hey daddy, hey daddy, hey daddy, what? Anybody live where I live, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, man, me and Amanda, we have to like sneak ice cream into the bathroom to eat it. Because our kids are gonna interrupt us. And it's like, hey, can I have that? They're a bunch of vultures right? There are times when you'll go to the bathroom. I know parents know. You go to the bathroom, you need a break, but you also, you know, you need to go. And so you're there and then, you know, you just sit down and then there's a hand coming out from under your door. (laughs) Anybody know what I'm talking about? Interruptions. You ever sat down to eat and man, the phone rings or somebody knocks on the door and you're like, I just sat down. Anybody know? We don't like that. Those are interruptions. But what if you had just sat down to eat and your doorbell rang and you walked to the door and when you opened it up, it was the publisher's clearinghouse, house. <laughs> and they were there to tell you, you had won $5,000 a week for the rest of your life. There's not a person in here who's going to say, look, I just sat down to eat. <laughs> if you could come back later, that would be great. Your wife's cooking ain't that good, okay? I'm telling you. What's on your plate isn't that good? See, you wouldn't view that as an interruption. You wouldn't. We would gladly welcome that. Why? Because something like that has the power to change your life. Something like that has the power to change your situation. Something like that has the power to change your circumstances. It changes things. It really does. Well, here's what I want you to know is that when God speaks, when God shows us something, while it might not be something that we're in favor of at the time, we need to understand that God's will and God's word is more important than anything else we were doing or anything else we could be doing. It's important. His word, changes things. It's his word that has the power to change your family situation right now. It's his word that has the power to change your financial situation right now. It's his word that has the power to bring peace. It's his word that has the power to bring hope. It's his word that changes everything. It's his word. It's not an interruption and it is a privilege to hear God's powerful word. We need to learn to place a priority on his word. And we need to learn to place a priority on who he is. He is God. It's sad. It's sad that sometimes many Christians, many of us, we're really like Jonah. We'll hear something from God, but instead of obeying We run. We run. Instead of listening to God's word, we ignore it. We run. Are you running today? With every head bowed and every eye closed. I don't know where you're at in your spiritual walk. But I wonder today, Yet there is someone here who's been running from God. You've been living life your own way. You've been living life to please you. And you know God is calling you to himself. He's saying, I want to forgive you for your past. He's saying, I want to forgive you for all that stuff. That you've done, I want you to put all that stuff in my hand so that it doesn't weigh you down anymore. Why are you running? So, if you're here today and you know that you need to stop running, and today you need to give him your heart, you need to give him your life, you need to be saved, right where you are, I'm just gonna ask that you lift your hand because I wanna pray for you. Amen. Amen. You know you need to be saved. Listen, if you raised your hand, I want you to to pray with me right where you are. Father, today, forgive me for running. I'm tired of running. And today, Father, I submit to you. Forgive me for my sins. Come into my heart, change me, make me into a new person. Help me to be who it is that you want me to be, because that's the only thing that matters. Today I thank you for saving me, help me to know that it was real help me to take my next step. And instead of running from you, help me to walk with you. Father, I also want to pray for each and every person in this room because I know that there are times where we clearly hear you telling us to do something. But instead of doing it, Father, we think somebody else will do it. Somebody else will do it. Father, help us to be obedient. You have a word for each and every one of us. And so help us to receive it. Father, we all need to be better at being your people. So help us to live the kind of life that you want us to live. I pray in Christ's name. Amen. We'd like to thank you for listening and encourage you to visit our website at www.elevatechurch.ms so you can learn more about being blessed and blessing others at Elevate Church.